This is the Shift Podcast. Today on the Shift Daily Podcast, we speak with Lily Woodbury of Surfrider Foundation Canada on buying from local artisans, Christmas ideas, and many other ways to reduce and cut waste through the holiday season as we shop and we do other things. Not to mention a little focus on the water too, keeping that clean and potted Christmas trees could be a nice way to not kill the tree when you're avoiding having a plastic-based tree for the fake ones. Some good ideas there. Also, take your calls on re-gifting, another great way to be responsible for the holidays. All of this on the Shift Daily Podcast. Merry Christmas! Lily Woodbury is joining us. Lily is with a uh, surf rider and... um, and Surfrider Foundation Canada, environmental specialists, uh, marine protection, really the focus here. Um, but also my go-to on cool things that I don't understand. There's proximity related to uh, keeping beaches clean. Hey, Lily. Hey, Shane. Thank you so much for having me. And happy holidays, everyone. Yay. Um, I'm excited. we got a couple of things I'm really excited about. Every year that Christmas comes along, all of the dads of the world have one job. It's a very important job. It's like as soon as the paper comes off the present, the dads have to clean up the paper, put it in the garbage bag, right? Get it out to the recycle bin. And like, it's this thing that's woven into a man's DNA that just makes you feel like that's my job. It's the same thing with telling everyone to turn the lights off and don't touch the thermostat. Like these are things that, that dads do. But I wanted to talk to you about exactly that. Um, waste and waste management at Christmas time. Maybe it's a recycling conversation. Uh, I realize it's a lesser of the evils thing because I'm just going to forgive the consumerism part at this point and step into the fact that we do like to present gifts to people in a pretty way and uh, maybe throw about some ideas on on how we can do that. Lily, what do you got? That sounds Sounds good. As we both know that this time of year, it generates a lot more waste during the holidays in the province that I live in, in British Columbia, but obviously all across Canada as well. On average, we create 25 to 50% more waste, wrapping paper and everything else included. But it is important to remember that in terms of waste, this happens throughout the whole process of gift giving. So you Mm. can actually think about it on the gift giving front as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, we know that we're not going to buy, this is where we're so hypocritical, aren't we? We're not going to buy the the Barbie doll or the toy truck or whatever it is gift we're buying if the box is dented, if the box is wrecked, right? We won't buy those ones. Can't do that. Can't give away an imperfect gift, gift, Lily. But the reality is, is that in order to keep those boxes perfect to serve our vanity, the box is wrapped in a box that's wrapped in another box that's wrapped in another box and then probably on a pallet that's wrapped in plastic for when it gets shifts. So it is kind of nasty really from the very beginning, isn't it? Well, it can be, but I think the whole point is that it doesn't have to be that way. In my mind, the holidays, and this is something my mom has really taught me since I was a kid, is about a few different things. You know, that includes the spirit of giving, reciprocity, and creativity. So I think the whole plastic conveyor box gift in a box with a with a barbie in it that just doesn't have to be the way and i think it can be a whole lot more creative artistic local Mm. and waste reducing in the process are you implying that we should get to know the people in our lives a little bit and actually talk to them like humans lily 
Yes, get to know the people in our lives more, but also I think get to know the people in our community more and buy gifts from those folks. So one of the top ways that you can reduce waste is just buying local. If you're going to buy things, we don't have to just think about gift giving in terms of actual products and things. But if we are, then yeah, supporting local artisans, local community members, farmers, et cetera, is going to cut waste at every point in the life cycle of what's been made. And also, again, it supports the local economy. That's, that's a huge part of it. You, uh, how do you love Christmas markets? I mean, do you go like, do you love Christmas markets? Cause I like the, <laughs> I like to see the things pe that people make, right? Like I like to see those kinds of, those kinds of things and they're just different at the markets. Yeah. The markets are super sweet and I see people, they love them. They go to them. I don't know if I'm just some kind of Christmas Scrooge. It's honestly not my most favorite thing. I think maybe I get overwhelmed. Then there's holiday music. I'm dancing in the corner with some kids. So <laughs> to be honest, I'm not super big on buying actual things for people. I tend to go more the experiential route. So mm -hmm. to give you an example of that, a couple winters ago for the holidays, for Christmas, my brother, my dad, and I, we actually did a beekeeping course in Thailand. And that wow. was our gift to each other. So we got the beekeeping suits on. We were making honey. We were getting almost stung. We were making new friends in the process. And it's something that we'll never forget, you know, unlike perhaps tons of items, products, clothing that we don't want. And we're going to send it back to the supplier who's ultimately going to throw most of it away. Mm -hmm. Your hippies showing. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> There's moments where I'm going to embrace it. I'll, I'll give you this one right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like, I like the notion of that. Um, let's just talk about recycling for the sake of it, because that's what most people will do. And I was also curious about your thoughts about Christmas trees. So um, mm -hmm. recycling as a notion, I I'm not big on recycling only because of the fact that it is wildly inefficient and a, and a bit of a bit of a misled um, journey for us that doesn't really solve our problems. Like it takes, we use it as the be all end all. Well, I recycled, I feel great. And it is good. It's better than throwing it away. But at the same time, it's not the solution long-term. But when we look at all these cardboard yeah. boxes, we look at all the stuff that we do have kicking around for those who do give gifts. Um, it is important to make sure that stuff goes to the right place because it's just so much. Yeah, exactly. And as we know, recycling is a systemic issue and the holidays aren't going to solve that. We are producing tons of waste. And as we should all remember, recycling is the last resort because mm. there is so much intervention that needs to happen. And as we've talked about on previous shows, this is something that Surfrider Foundation Canada is working on and pursuing and lobbying at the federal and provincial level. So again, those things that need to happen before recycling that we can all practice at the holidays because there's not going to be a magic fix in the next two weeks. Mm -hmm. That's reducing and reusing. So a lot of places where we can cut down waste, for instance, is as you brought up in the beginning of the show with wrapping paper. Canadians during the holiday season use enough wrapping paper to cover 45,000 hockey rinks. And that wow. is a figure we can all imagine. That's funny. And so with that one alone, it is, it's huge. And it's not necessary. How much extra boxes, paper, fabric do we have laying around? You know, one strategy I really like, it's a, a Japanese strategy custom. It's called Furushiki wrap. And so you actually take old textiles or whatever kind of fabric you have, you can cut that into squares and use that to wrap gifts. Hmm. And so with Surfrider, we've done quite a few workshops in the past where we've just told everyone to get together bring all your fabrics, furushiki wrap, everything. And again, people can take that textile and use it once again. So this comes back to the whole creative point. What do we have in our house? What do we have around us? Use that instead of going to the store and buying more materials that are ultimately not going to end up recycled.
Who would have thought, Lily, that we, you and I would be sitting here saying, hey, because I mean, a few years ago, even just a few years ago, you used to go in the store and then you pay an extra couple of bucks for a box to put the sweater in that you bought or whatever. Uh, but now in today's world, with all of the Amazon boxes everyone has come kicking around, that uh, who would have thought that we would have been saying, you know, this juggernaut of jumbo jets flying stuff overnight for us <laughs> to be able to, you know, overload our lives with um, kind of works out. At least we can repurpose those boxes because there should be no shortage of those in people's houses these days. Yeah, absolutely. And that was the point I was going to bring up is that Amazon is ultimately people are going to depend on it. And it is super wasteful. The amount of plastic that they are generating that is entering the environment every day is shocking. However, too, you know, I want to bring up a point that that the holidays and the way that we're able to be green during this time is circumstantial. It's mm -hmm. going to look different for everyone. You know, we're not here to get to some kind of perfection, you know, instead let's see it as us being called to step through a mistletoe and light adorned door of possibilities this holiday season. Oh, very you good. Know? So for some folks, they're not going to be able to not rely on Amazon. And I think the holidays, especially are a time where we shouldn't be shaming one another. We should be trying our best and, you know, thinking about, how can we move forward doing yeah. better after that? Try some new things, right? I mean, this is the exactly. cool part. So this is where I thought, you know, because you're my environmentalist friend, um, Christmas trees. Christmas trees are a strange one to me. Now I get, <laughs> I, I I love Christmas. I love Christmas trees. I mean, the and so I'm not going to judge the symbolism of the tree. I think it's quite magical. Um, yes. But at the same time, though, I the conversation around real trees or fake trees. Fake trees are typically metal wires with plastic uh needles yes. uh, that make it look like a tree and the metal is important because then you can shape your tree and the plastic is the green it looks like the, the the pine needles then you have a real tree though which is of course compostable and all those things and you can take it out and get rid of it and and all of that is like it com literally completely goes in the full cycle yes now i suppose the answer as i ask this question occurs to me that the life cycle of the fake tree um, probably matters how long you use it for. We've used the same fake tree for yeah. 20 years now. That's probably probably good numbers for how much energy it takes to be able to make those fake trees. But as an environmentalist, how does it land with you when we're basically calling off these tiny little trees when we don't have to? That's a tough oh, one. It is such a good question. And you could write a super long article doing a life cycle analysis of artificial trees or real trees. So I'll try to boil it down since we don't have a ton of time. You know, with, with artificial trees, what I understand is that you would need to reuse the tree for at least, at least 10 years on average to keep its environmental footprint lower than that of a real tree. Mm -hmm. But even the, the carbon footprint aspect element besides the point, it's still made from PVC, which if folks have listened to previous shows we've done together, this is a plastic resin type polyvinyl chloride. And it's actually one of the worst plastics that pollutes across its entire lifespan from production to end of life. You know, we have different light bulbs on it, it's heating it up. So it's actually really not good for our health to be exposed to it either. And this, so in terms of that, artificial trees pose an environmental threat. It's also not the best for our health uh, because it's using this oil-based material. On the other hand, with real trees, you know, they are biodegradable and compostable, and they can return to the earth safely and naturally. But as we both know, that's removing a natural carbon sink. Mm -hmm. From what I understand, too, and the minimal research I've done on it, with Christmas tree farms, you're creating this environment, this habitat, and of course, 
course, different microorganisms, different flora and fauna are going to move in. It's going to become its own ecosystem. And so in that sense, we're creating an environment just to chop it down, which is going to have an impact on all the biodiversity in that area. Mm-hmm. So from what I've heard to be the best with this scenario is actually buying potted trees so you can get the tree Mm -hmm. and (laughs) i love this idea by the way the potted trees thing is i think it's beautiful yeah you can get the potted tree and then you can keep it in your yard whatever you want to do and then you can plant the tree after which is awesome so from what i've heard that's the best thing environmentally also to bring it back to the creativity point my mom has made trees out of recycled materials. This one year, she made us this amazing Dr. Seuss-like tree, and it was out of all this colored tissue paper that she had been saving. So it was this big plumes of pink and blue and purple with different Christmas balls on it, and it was spectacular. And you know that's an eccentric example, but on the West Coast, people will use driftwood to make little trees. You know, you can do all kinds of things again to make a really beautiful artistic tree out of what you know is is around you. Take care of your Christmas balls too, because they, I mean, you can use them for a really long time if you actually don't beat the crap out of them, which is nice. So, yes. I mean, if you've already got them, just, you might as well take care of them. It's fascinating. Yes. I mean, not to mention that um, you talked about the ecosystem, which is always takes me back to National Lampoon's Christmas vacation when the squirrel comes out of the tree, <laughs> right? Yeah, but that's really fundamentally what you're talking that. about, right? Like, that's it, because you got all these little, you know, creatures that are moving into these trees or that's right. tree farms are keeping our purposely keeping creatures out and then um but then i mean it's still trucks and trains and everything else to to move them and it's still you know electricity or or or, you know diesel trucks to take them back and chop them up and do all the things so i mean if if we i guess my point of bringing it up is like look you got to do what you can afford to do you've also got to do what you can that it works around you and at the same time let's just not pretend that one is perfectly like perfectly okay. Like, Oh, I'm so eco. Cause I killed a tree. Like I feel bad for a little baby tree, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like you say, you got to do your best. And when it comes down to it, I think the natural tree, the real trees are going to stack up better over the artificial. And if you can get that from a local farm, that's sustainable, not using pesticides, fertilizers, the whole lot or potted tree, then awesome. Sounds like we need to read and research, which is a great segue to our next piece. Christmas travel. Lily Woodbury joins us here. Uh, Lily uh, is environmentalist and, and does all the things working in that um, beaches and stuff on the West Coast. But when we talk about travel, we often at Christmas time, well, <laughs> COP27 had over 300 jets there. Um, the last one that was in like Italy had Yacht City show up. Um, so the hypocrisy around some of this stuff is is over the top. But at the same time, you can do things to at least start to mitigate, right? Where there's no, one thing I've learned from Lily, there's no silver bullet here. We've just got to be smarter. So what do you recommend? Because I'm uncomfortable with carbon offset as a notion because most of it is for profit and people don't do research. So when people are going to travel, whether they're driving or flying or whatever for the holidays, yes, go see your family, do the things, go on your vacation. Um, what what how do we get started with that truly lily like how do we look at carbon offsets and figure out how which organizations are actually going to do the work and which ones are taking home a giant profit because those that stuff stinks for me i struggle with that one yeah it's a really good question and so with carbon offsets it's a tool 
And like a lot of tools, it can be designed well and executed well, or it can be designed poorly and executed poorly. And so it really does matter the company that you're buying from or the, the community and what those offsets are exactly doing. These could be nature-based in terms of tree planting. They could be infrastructure-based in terms of renewable energy. They could be clean cooking stoves, et cetera. So it really is one where you want to do your research. And from the last few years of research that I've done on it, what I can say is really important is that you want to, if you are going to do carbon offsets, which to me, I think is important, but I'll explain that next, is to make sure that we are investing in carbon offsets that are community-led and it is community-driven according to their priorities. It is not some big corporation who is unilaterally coming up with some kind of project, going into a community, saying, hey, this is what we're going to do, and this is how you're going to marginally benefit from it, and have it be this very top-down situation that can end, as we know, end up being quite greedy and not end up actually being helpful uh, or anything like that. So that's really important. Mm -hmm. And in British Columbia, there's actually some really great First Nation-led carbon offsetting projects that are doing really amazing work and supporting the community in the process. The second point of this is that I think is important is that right now we are still reliant on a fossil fuel system, especially for travel. So, you know, myself included, we are taking planes, trains, automobiles. We are releasing carbon. So if we can offset using good projects that are supporting local communities, then we are actually building capacity in these communities for a clean, just transition. And so the projects that I try to invest in looks like renewable energy projects. So solar, wind, geothermal, again, that are community-led and decentralized. Or this could look like clean cooking stoves. Some parts of the world are still using coal and even plastic to cook their meals, which at the holidays is a pretty shocking thing to think about. So for me at the holidays, this is one that I really love to invest in because people are getting clean cooking stoves that they and their families can use. So again, really coming back to that regenerative mutual aid community mindset, which is so important at the holidays, that is also going to prevent carbon from entering the atmosphere. And so imagine everyone in the world that could do this, had the means to do this, to offset, how much capacity would we build in the world for clean infrastructure, for renewable energy? And to me, that is a no-brainer of why not go for it. So with those points in mind, the company that I really like is Gold Standard. This is what a ton of environmental organizations use that have edited. This is what the UN uses. And so I've relied on them for years. And again, it's community-led, community-driven. These are directly going to support these projects. I have to drop this. I, this is, again, going back to the thing that, that you know, there's no silver bullet learning that I've got here. Um, but do we have to just drop that notion? Like when you have a carbon offset and maybe they plant 100 trees or I don't know, just whatever number, um, you know, it's not perfect because those are baby trees today. It's going to take 30, 40 yeah. years before those, those buggers become big and they're able to do like massive work, scrubbing out air and stuff like that. But do we just need to accept that? Or, or is it just all about research? Just kind of do your research. Yeah. I honestly do think it is do your research because there are some projects that I have seen, you know, coming back to the tree example that are done well and they are planting native trees. Again, it's community led. This is sequestering carbon, but then there are other projects where, yeah, it's about reforestation, but then we haven't changed the conditions for those trees to thrive. So they might not take and reach maturity. So you've invested in this project that's not even going to be feasible and work out in the long term. Or if it's in a conflict zone or it faces another kind of vulnerability from climate change, et cetera, um, 
it, it also might get cut down. It might not be viable. So trees and other nature-based ones, from what I've experienced and seen, are trickier, and you need to do even deeper research. And so that's why I kind of just tend to go with the renewable energy, clean cooking stoves, clean water, uh, the infrastructure equipment-based type projects. But it's not to say that the nature-based ones can't be done well either. Little baby steps. Yes. Everyone's getting there. <laughs> It's going to take time. Um, Lily, Merry Christmas. Thanks for being here. As always, um, it's my pleasure. And um, enjoy your Christmas in Tofino on the West Coast and all that weird winter surfing stuff you do with your hood on and your cold. Oh, it's freezing. <laughs> Speaking about environmental impact, the water I use to dethaw myself after these sessions, I don't feel great about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it's cold though. <laughs> oh, it's freezing. I can't feel my face after. Sometimes I, I'm worried at that, you know, Mr. Deeds where he has the black foot from frostbite. I'm like, I'm going to open up my wetsuit booty one day and that's what I'm going to get for Christmas. Because <laughs> I've been bad. I'm not getting cold my stocking, but I might get some kind of frostbite foot. Uh, thanks so much. <laughs> Travel safely and uh, Merry Christmas to you and yours. And we'll Thank talk to you, you soon. Happy holidays. This is the Shift Podcast. Uh, use Christmas gifts. Do you want? Do you want used Christmas gifts? I would love it. I, I really would. I I don't need gifts anymore. But if someone feels inspired and there's a used one available, I think I'll take it. Maybe that's just part of growing up. I'm not sure. Let's go to Jade, who's in Abbotsford. Hi, Jade. Hi. Yeah. I, you know what? I love used gifts. I give used gifts often. I think the key is that if you're giving a used gift, it has to be a gift that sings to the heart of that person. It can't just be a random gift of like, oh, thanks, I don't need this. It has to be something that that speaks to that person's character spot on. Um, actually, my son just went to a birthday party yesterday, and we went to the bookstore to buy the books that this little boy wanted. He had told his my son that he wanted this set well we couldn't find it so I just told my son you know give him your set it's already read through but you've read it through who cares and this little boy was thrilled he didn't care that it was used he got what he wanted and it was a particular gift for that person that that person wanted and um yeah I actually have a number of used gifts I bought a a teapot for a friend from a vintage store because I noticed that her teapot had a crack in it or whatever recently and I went and picked Amazing. out a teapot that I knew she'd love. And it's it's like a, a well-chosen gift for that person. So I think if you do it right like that, then and it's done like well, it. that you can get away and do it that way. Have you run into any of the stigma, uh, Jade? Because, I mean, some people, the, I think there's just a, an assumed stigma about it's got to be new and perfect and shiny, right? Um, have you, you, know have you think, had anybody I make it that's awkward? that's why it has to be like, perfectly chosen for that person you know what even right. actually i'm thinking about it now even for my mom for christmas this year i'm giving her a hand-me-down purse of mine because every time i wear this purse she always compliments me on it and says how great it looks on me and i thought you know what i'm done with this purse i've gotten enough wear out of it it's actually in fabulous condition still it looks brand new i'm just going to yeah. give it to her for christmas this year and she'll be thrilled because i already know she loves it and she'll be thrilled because she'll open it up and we'll have a laugh about it. And I don't think you have to be pretentious about going out and buying something new. I actually also told my sister, her kids are older than my kids, and we always do a gift exchange. And I told her, your, your kids don't play with trains anymore, and my kids are just going into trains. Why don't you gift them your train set 
and my kids will be thrilled. They don't care that your kids played with it for 10 years first. It's yeah. still good. Well, Jade, thank you so much for that. I appreciate that and, and such great tips, too. Um, let's go to uh, – we've we got one text here that I, I wanted to uh, connect on. Uh, I'm sorry, John, I don't even know who this is. We're going to Manitoba right now. Let's bring up the phone. Hi there. Can you hear me? Hello. Hi. Sorry, what was your name? Oh, this is Kat in Gimli. Oh, hey, Kat and Gimli, it is you. I didn't know. Sorry, you didn't come up on my list. How are you doing, Kat? I'm doing awesome. Thanks. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you very much. I um, I, Your text message that you sent in about gently used gifts. Now, Kat, you've shared with us many times here about, you know, budgets and money and being responsible and getting help from family and community and how important those things are. I mean, so tell me tell me about this gift that you texted me. I just I, I want to hear the story in your voice about this gently used gift you received. Oh, well, it's a lot of years ago now, but it, it, it was wonderful because I had an older sister who was very stylish, and she's nine, nine years older, so I always wanted to emulate her. And she had a suede jacket, and she looked awesome in it. And so my mom couldn't just run out and buy suede jackets left and right, so she get, she found it a used one, a gently used one in the local thrift store, and um, it was beautiful. And it was uh, it was a dark brown, and it was very stylish, very sharp, very up to date, and it uh, fit me perfectly. And I just felt like the queen of the world. It was it didn't matter to me at all that it was secondhand and i mean she she made no bones about it she said well it's secondhand but and i was just oh it's a suede jacket it's a suede jacket i was so excited right now is that is that you and me growing up cat or is that like am i just behind the curve here do you think or is this just maybe the world changing a little bit that not everything has to be shiny new perfect in the box when we when we get it well i think it's something that kind of comes around every so often because uh I think that a lot of it's hard to explain this. I think a lot of the last couple of generations have been quite spoiled because things have come to us, not all of us, but mm-hmm. a lot of us quite easily. And right, it, we've, fine got, we've, like that. we've gotten used to having things new, what we want, when we want. And for those of us who are maybe a little bit older and remember when it, what it used to be like, that you had to make do with hand-me-downs growing up, and you, you got used to that, and some of them were very beautiful, and some of them were absolutely gosh-awful, and you just uh. made, do with, you made do with what you had. And um, I think we're coming around to that again. We've, we've done the me generation, and we've done the, the selfishness and the spoiling and the spending and we i think maybe some of it's got to do with the last few years what we've all been through and i think some of it's got to do with taking a a wider view of the world and seeing what people actually have to live with in other places maybe we've become more mindful but i think we're coming around to a view that not just because it isn't you're just because you're not the first owner doesn't mean it's not a worthwhile thing to have yeah this is amazing. I love this cat. This is so beautiful. I like. I'm just learning this stuff. I guess I was that guy. I mean, I I would always. I didn't ever buy a lot of things, but the things I did buy were very nice, and I, I love those. Thanks for uh, being uh, on with me, cat, and, and accepting our uh, our connection here. I really appreciate you and your ongoing contribution to the Shifted community. Oh, it was entirely my pleasure. I, I I try never to miss the show. 
Oh, thank you, dear. Merry Christmas. The question is, used gifts for Christmas. Where does that land for you, getting something used? Now, a vacuum seems rather pragmatic. If you need a vacuum and your friends know you need a vacuum, and they get you a vacuum that may be used, I think that's awesome. They know you need it. You need it. Off you go. Does it have to be brand new? I mean, if it puts sets your life forward, I, I guess not. That's just how I look at it. But I am curious to hear your thoughts, too. The number again, 877-399-9898. Uh, text from Bob and Beaumont. Hey, Bob, I don't mind regifting, but the used verdict is still out. See, that's interesting. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate your honesty on that one. Like, regifting to me, if, if I whiff on a gift, like I miss, and I'm like, totally get it wrong, I mean, should you, if, if the expectation is that if I get you a shirt, say hypothetically, you live on the West Coast and you never have to wear a warm jacket, but all of a sudden, you know, get you a nice plaid jacket with a hood. And do you wear it just because you're getting together with me? Even though that it's not something that you would, you know, like, what does that say? I guess it's kindness because you're, you're going to show your buddy that you're wearing the coat they bought. But if you only wear it when you see them, that's kind of like living a lie. So if someone gives you something that's just not for you and you can re-gift that, why wouldn't you put it to use and help someone else out if it helps them out? I think this is great. Regifting, absolutely. Bob from Beaumont, still not quite sure on used items. Now, Jade really nailed it when she called in. Jade said that what matters is, is if you're going to give used, it's got to like make that person's heart sing. It's got to be a fit for them. So I have a list of a few things here that I found for ideas for secondhand gifts. And this is quite fascinating. Uh, used clothing is one without a doubt. And I, I learned this just a few years ago and I had a bunch of old T-shirts. I thought I had sort of worn them out. They were out of style for me. And... But my buddy would love them. He's like, oh, I love your T-shirts, man. I'll take them. And he took them all, and he wore them all the time. Like, he wore them till they were so faded, and he was happy as can be. So pre-loved clothing comes up on that list. And this is another fascinating one that I found, is many people try a hobby and then just decide they don't want to do the hobby anymore. So I think you could translate this hobby into so many different things. Art supplies. Maybe it's paintbrushes, old paints you have lying around, maybe some canvas that you've never used. 877-399-9898. Used gifts. Thumbs up, thumbs down. How do you feel? New West. George. Thanks Hi. for joining me here on The Shift. George, how you doing, bud? Good, good. Um, I have a couple of interesting stories. Uh, the first one was my when my son was 16, my mother uh, gifted him a backpack that had a big stain on it. And he, he was very disappointed. We still... 20 years later, joke about it. Um, mm -hmm. uh, it was such a disappointment to a, you know, a teenager. Yeah, um, another funny story, which is, is uh, more about re-gifting. My wife's aunt received a gift of uh, chocolates. She gave it to my wife's sister, who then re-gifted it to my wife and I uh, on our wedding anniversary at a party, <laughs> and we opened it, and all the chocolates were, you know, white and rotten <laughs> well expired but, well you think uh, you got to pay attention to the dates a little bit if you're going to be regifting george exactly especially chocolates so um yeah, no but uh, you know i um 
uh, I'm at the age where I'm downsizing, and so um, we're clearing out our house and giving uh, tools to friends and kitchen gadgets, and um, they're all like just excited as I'll get out to get all the gadgets that we've been collecting for the last 40, 50 years. So mm-hmm. it, I think it depends on the situation. I think at Christmas, it better just not to give a gift or give it at another time where it's just uh, – That's a good idea. Yeah, that's a good idea. The obligation of Christmas. You know, there was, George, there was, um, we had this bed at our place in Ottawa, and um, it was just a queen size bed. It was a mattress, it was a box spring, it was rails. It was very, very dated, but an amazing condition. You know, sort of headboard, and it's kind of like that sort of 90s style, big, chunky um, nightstands and a kind of a chunky headboard with storage and stuff. And uh, we put it up for sale on. On marketplace, so we didn't give it away, but we just put it up for a total for a total thing stranger. But we put it up for a hundred and fifty bucks or something, one hundred and twenty bucks or something. I think it was probably still to this day compared to how much things cost. That you probably it was probably, I would say it was four hundred dollars at least. Like it was beautiful, it just wasn't for us. And this couple came and they they had to they went to Home Depot and they talked the Home Depot manager into letting them rent a van overnight. And they came in and they were just new couple and. We just moved in together yesterday. It's our first house, and he had eighty bucks, and she had forty bucks, and they put their money together, and they were like, "Here you go," and they were just ecstatic to get this used bed. And we gave them some of the money back, I believe, and um, because they were just so polite and so happy. And so it, it's interesting when we've got this thing sitting in the garage that we needed to get rid of, and so we were like, "You know what? Let's just set someone up. We'll do it for let's you know we'll take a little bit of money because." On some of those online marketplaces, you really get rid of a lot of, a lot of people that don't. The, the people who need it for free don't always aren't the ones reaching out. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, and um, you know what, George, the smile on their face, the fact that it was their first night together, and they actually had a, like one of those sort of old '90s IKEA couches in the van that they must have picked up from somewhere too, the really small one, and they but they were so happy, George. They were so happy to give us that money. For the hundred bucks for that entire bed, everything, and when they left, I think we gave them twenty bucks back. And when they left, I just said, we, we looked at each other and we're like, like I could do that all day. Like they literally are starting a brand new life together, and they're so ecstatic to get it. And that's yeah. kind of what makes it worth it, right? Like we assume, George, that that we're we're putting some our value on it from someone else's perspective, and they valued that bed at so much more than what we did. Yeah, so, that reminds me, I, my mother gave my wife and I a, a wheat grinder, um, which we never used. And then we were clearing out our house last summer and come across this wheat grinder and, you know, it makes flour. So if you're health food oriented, it's great, but um, I'm not that energetic. <laughs> Anyways, a couple was coming by uh, the road and they're newly wed. Uh, we knew them. They, they were staying a couple of doors up from us. So we just took the whole thing and a couple of buckets of uh, whole wheat and gave it to them. Turns out that the, the new wife, she's totally into grinding her own wheat, making her own bread, and she was just ecstatic. So mm-hmm. that kind of thing makes you feel really good. Yeah, and so that's where the that's where that fine line of, you know, the stained backpack is a bit of a miss, but at the same time, you know, helping someone out when I think Jade said it best when she said, if it makes the person's heart sing, then they won't care if it's used or not as long as it works for them. Right. So, yeah, 
It's funny, so, hey, George, you know, how we get older. A lot older, of us but are, then... are down that, that downsizing side. We, we need to get rid well, of it. I and like you say, people who are starting, they need it. That's and that's and that's I'm downsizing too, right? Because my kids are my kids are graduating next year, and it's just me and the dog, and and so I I feel like it. But it's funny we get older, and you know there's still so much to learn, not to be forgotten. Thanks, George. Yeah. Okay. Have a good day. Right on, George. In New West, eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight. New or used? Where does that land for me or for you? <laughs> you don't have to say what it lands for me. Eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight. Some other items from this list of of used used bikes and scooters. See, like that's that's amazing. Um, and I have a couple of bikes in the garage that I, I I just don't need them anymore. I mean, I probably should use them from time to time, but they're just not my kind of bike. You know, I had it for when I was riding around with the kids, and we we're trying to do you know what kids do for trails and all that stuff. And uh, someone else is going to, during the pandemic, boy, everybody wanted bikes. 877-399-9898. Plants is another one. My grandmother, my mom's mom, my nana, she used to um, she used to steal them. She'd go to the greenhouses and she would clip off. I don't know what it's called. You plant people will know. But when you can clip off a leaf and put it in water, it'll grow a root. Then you can plant it. There's actually a name for that. I don't know what it's called. Um that's what she used to do. She'd go through and she'd clip all these leaves and then she would grow them. But if you could do that and you were, I'm not endorsing stealing. First of all, I feel like this has gone off the rails here. I'm not endorsing stealing, but if you have the supplies and you have the know-how and you can give somebody plants, what a great gift that would be, right? So it it's technically used. 877-399-9898. Don't steal, but like, don't be like Robin Hood, steal and give away, but... You got my point. Anyway, I'm going to move on before I make this any more weird. Kelly is in Calgary. Uh, hey, Kelly, how are you, buddy? I'm good. Yourself? I'm very good. Thank you for asking. Just uh, kind of flying solo here while the guys are off this weekend. Thanks for calling in. Tell me about uh, regifting, reusing. What's going on in your world, bud? Well, I reuse cassettes. Hey, still Do listening I have to cassettes. The equipment and everything. Mm-hmm. And then whenever somebody wants it, they just uh, ask me for it, and I give it to them. Free. You know, you're ahead of the curve here, Kelly. Cassettes are starting to make a comeback. And I even saw a new uh, piece of, I say new, uh, a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but there's a new piece of technology that is a Bluetooth, you know, like Bluetooth connections that all the fancy phones have, and with a turntable. So you could listen to, um, the turntable could connect to your stereo and all that stuff, but it also has a cassette deck now in the side, so you can record and listen to cassettes too. So you're you're ahead of everybody. You've gone from being behind us, Kelly, to being ahead of us now. Well, you know, the other thing is, Shane, I also download them onto my computer, eh, as a digital. Mm-hmm. So, oh, so everything cool. that I have here goes on my computer. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. Still making mixtapes, hey, Kelly? I love uh, it. Oh, yes. I'll never give it up. Well, there was a, can I tell you an embarrassing story of me and my youth and thinking you're yeah, in love yeah. when you're 18 Shoot. years old? Um <laughs> There was this girl that I was dating, and um, she was a, I thought she was just like the bee's knees. Like, I was all in, man. I was going to college, just got to college. We were apart. She was still back in my hometown in Fort McMurray. And I, um, it was Blue Rodeo Lost Together was the song. I had the cassette. This is what you brought to mind for me. And so I, I pause, rewind, play, pause, rewind, play, and wrote down all of the lyrics for that song, right? Like, I was trying to be super romantic as an 18-year-old. I wrote down all the lyrics, the whole song. Pause, play, rewind, pause, uh, check it, double check it, reread it. Hours. And as I was packaging the cassette up, when I put the, I was putting the the blue rodeo cassette back away. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I put it in the sleeve. I opened up the sleeve, and all the lyrics were written out of the sleeve of the cassette. I could have just copied them off the sleeve. Oh, goodness. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> it's too funny. Oh, well. That was before we could Google it, Kelly. Thanks for calling in. I appreciate you. Yeah, me too. Kelly's <laughs> in Calgary. Take care, bud. Kelly's in Calgary right there, 877-399-9898. New or used gifts. What works for you? Uh, also on the list here that I found for ideas, used sports equipment. And I think that's fantastic. Like some things are really gross, you know, the obvious, but things like skates will always get used by somebody. And like hockey gloves are quite possibly the most disgusting of all the things, but you, if you got them repalmed, like they're terrible. Like you want to, like if you've ever smelled a dead body or something, it's a lot like hockey gloves. Like you, like cadaver dogs would be so screwed up at a hockey rink with young folks, teenagers, hockey gloves. Like they wouldn't know what to do. They're terrible. It's like death. But anyway, uh, on a much lighter note, use sports equipment. Great gift. But it goes to this cleaning it thing. And um, I'm not going to say this text came in and I'm not going to say what store it is because I, I can't verify that. But I, so I'm going to replace the name of the store with thrift store. Not because I'm trying to be sneaky, but I just don't want to accuse somebody of something that may not be accurate on a larger scale versus one particular store. I wanted to inform you that I found out that the, whatever, thrift store does not clean anything first before putting donations on their shelves. Gross. You know, that doesn't surprise me. I don't know if you've ever been behind some of the different stores, but they literally so quickly with boots and shoes and things, like you drop stuff off and you think that it's all going to go in the store, but it doesn't. There's a big dumpster there and they just... Yep, nope, yep, yep, nope, nope, yep, even though they could be donated. You have to remember, some of those stores are for profit, right? They're not, I mean, they might hire folks that might not get jobs elsewhere, but they're still for-profit stores. But it doesn't really surprise me that um, that some things are just not cleaned when they go into the, uh, what do they go in the, the used store? And you're right, it is kind of gross. Okay, uh, Shane, I do not celebrate Christmas, but I got one secondhand gift. The problem was the giver doesn't clean it thoroughly before giving it. I would not accept used appliances with cords that plug in. I have seen two appliances cords burst into flames twice in two weeks on two appliances that were in the common kitchen. Um, I have given used items, but I've washed them out first from Mission Winnipeg. Yeah, Mish, I'm with you. Like I, I would say that you wash it. Um, there was even a, I had a t-shirt here that's in my pile of giveaways and, uh, it got dirty for some reason. And, uh, so, you know, you wash it, you don't just send it to them dirty. I, I thought we all, I thought that was one of those agreements that we all just kind of were like, yeah, we're cool. That's what we do. You clean it first before you give it away. Um, unknown texter says Jade earlier caller said she's got it right. Something someone needs are the best gifts. It also says, I care enough and thought about you uh, from the unknown texter, regardless if it's new or used. I, I don't think it would bother me so much at all if someone gave me a used a used gift. I mean, it's the fact that they, they went out of their way to, to do that. Um, 877-399-9898. A couple of other ideas here that came up on the list for used gifts. Uh, kitchen bundles of appliances. Uh, and things. So bundling some things together that might help out. So say you have a frying pan and some measuring bowls and measuring cups and some tea towels. You're bundling those things together. It comes up in the list.
Uh, the, the website I found this one, by the way, is Sustainably Kind Living. That's what it is. Um, this is great. Homewares like jewelry boxes that people have keepsakes and put stuff in there. I think it's a fantastic idea. If you can get yourself a, um, you know, a little ju- a jewelry box or something with a couple of drawers in it, maybe that's lying around the house you're not using, something that's holding all the knickknacks and, and those can- things. I mean, if it's appropriate for the kind of style that, that your friend has. No, I think that's great. And much like Jade said when she phoned in earlier, vintage handbags comes up on the list. Some ladies have a very, very big pile of used purses lying around. They're still perfectly good. Might not be your style anymore. Maybe your couture is too fancy. But if 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 someone else can use it, why wouldn't you do that? Guys, see, guys, guys kill wallets, right? Like you do. Like guys will kill a wallet. But every now and then you'll get a wallet that doesn't have enough space, doesn't do what you need it. And so you just kind of toss it and go get a new one. Uh, give that away, man. Uh, give it away. Uh, Angel in Hamilton. Hi, Shane. My mom gave me her old pasta machine, and I love it. Uh, on the used clothing thing, it's cool, but socks and underwear must be new. Yeah, that's a fair ball. But you know what? It's it's so for some people they you know they're not going to care because all they want to do is make sure that they have socks and underwear, right? Like it, it's it's a strange thing. As I don't know, maybe I'm growing up, I guess. But it's a strange thing when you can look at someone else's perspective and realize that if you're able to, in your eyes, like it's like sunglasses, right? Like you, you put the sunglasses on and you're only looking through your own filter. But for somebody who's got cold feet or someone who can't afford socks or someone who can't afford to do those things, this is um, like these are life altering moments for them to receive things. Uh, collectibles like mugs is a great one uh, to be able to give away. Also comes to the list. Vintage records, if you're not listening to records, so many people now, records are so popular, they actually carry some pretty good value. You could pawn them, sell them, flip them on Marketplace, whatever. But if you have a record that you can give away to somebody, I, my buddy Brandon Alexander, he's been on the show before. Um, I picked up a couple of vintage records for him. It wasn't for Christmas to send his way. And um, I'm going to send them here in the new year. Only because he loves the artist, and these are not pretty records. Like, these things are beat up, like the, the jackets are. The records are actually brand new inside. They've never been used. But that's cool. Secondhand books. Rubina Ahmed Hawk from her show, For What It's Worth, mentioned that. Wouldn't you love a book that a friend had read and and maybe enjoyed or learned something from, and they say, hey, by the way, Steve, you know, I love this book, and I think you would love it too. This is my copy. I want you to have it now. See, that's cool. You can't do that with your Kindle. It's not the same. And uh, holiday decor. And this is funny. We don't ever think of this. We have all kinds of Christmas, um, all kinds of Christmas decorations around that we don't use anymore. You know, the ones that you know they don't make sense or whatever. We don't use blue in the Christmas tree or something crazy now. If you have a friend who is doing that, and this comes from course conversation, candle holders, little knickknacks, all those things, it is okay because you usually give the gifts before Christmas anyway. Why not consider giving? Um, why not consider giving a gift of some of the holiday decor you have kicking around the house? I don't know. These are all really, really great. Thanks for listening to the Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.